Okay. What what just happened? All right. Okay, there we go. Hang on. All right. You look old enough to remember tape recorders just like that. All right. Nothing to about them. Hello, everybody. This is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with Tyler Pilgrim. Tyler, why don't you tell us who you are? So, like I said, my name is Tyler Pilgrim, and I am one of the contributors for Dirty South Soccer, the Atlanta United blog. Awesome, awesome. Tyler, um, for the folks that don't aren't familiar with MLS and, and don't know about Atlanta United or too much about Atlanta, why don't we kick it off, pun intended, I <laughs> said. By saying, like, uh, first of all, Atlanta United is pretty big in the soccer world as far as attendance and absolutely. So yeah, so Atlanta United uh, first season was 2017, mm-hmm. and we actually refer to the fans as the 17s because of the year that we actually played our first season. So we consistently rank in the top. 10 in the entire world and uh, viewership. Obviously, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a huge factor in that because of how big it is. Uh, and if you've never been to an Atlanta United game, you are missing out. It is, even if you're not a soccer fan, it is just such a fun atmosphere. You could go, I've, I've taken friends before that knew nothing about soccer, that didn't care about soccer, and they come out of it just, it's just, it's a natural high. It's just such a fun time. Yeah, it is. And um I mean for me, I guess like my my introduction to the team was even before the team was uh of course the announcement of the team being formed. But also like Jason Longshore and his podcast. Um that kind of in a weird way got me started with podcasting. It's a small um, world. You know, and and Jason, you know, he does a great job on the Soccer Down Here podcast. He does a great job, obviously, uh, you know, on the radio. If you've been around Atlanta United, I'm sure you've heard him at some point. Uh, You know, but yeah, you know, he's been in that podcast for for years now, and it's it's a popular one. People love it. Yeah, it is. So last year was will forever be known as the year of the three coaches. Yes. <laughs> Can you, let's go back in the memory machine for just a hot second. What was your, uh, when uh, the first coach, uh, Heinze, came in, what was your uh, initial thoughts? So when Heinze came in, I was, I was genuinely excited because you got to think, the, so from 2017, 2018, Atlanta kind of made a name for itself as being, you know, this this high flying attacking form of soccer that people just love to watch. It was so much fun. There was, you know, lots of goals, lots of movement, lots of excitement, and that was under Tata Martino. And then of course you move into 2019, which you talk about 2019 in the history of Atlanta, the short history of Atlanta United. And people get real divisive about 2019 because we had Frank DeBoer as a coach who, when you look at it on paper, he did a great job. I mean, he, he won two, two more cups that year, but his, his entire style was just very defensive and just totally different. So 2020 came around. Of course, we had... COVID delayed everything. We had the MLS's back tournament in 2020. And we went down there and just pooped the bed. We ended up with no mm. wins. Team looked rough. It just wasn't fun. So mm. DeBoer and the team decided they were going to part ways. So we ended the year with the interim manager, Stephen Glass, who went back at the end of the year. He went back over to Scotland to coach. And we brought in Heinze. Heinze was... I was excited about it. I, you know, he's a he's another coach from South America. Had made a name for himself. Uh, played in Europe. Did very well in Europe. 
and everything kind of pointed to you know Atlanta United bringing back this this attacking form of soccer and all this you know this this fun ball to watch and he was just very distant i guess is a good word for media and for the fans he he wasn't one to host the media much he wasn't one to talk to the media much and kind of snubbed the media and and didn't really you know make that effort to connect with the fans great coach but then it came out that uh he and joseph martinez who again for those of you that are listening that don't know about atlanta united he is the face of the club he is the one that we are trying to get a statue built out in front of mercedes-benz stadium for uh there was a rift that kind of popped up and it turned out that the team had actually filed complaints because Hainze was very big into fitness, very big into making sure the team was on a very strict, you know, diet and all this. And the, the team wasn't being provided, you know, enough water at training sessions and this and that. So uh, that's in addition to, we didn't start the, the season off very well. I think we won a couple of games and drew a bunch. So he he just wasn't working out again for that style. So the front office made the decision, which was kind of controversial at the time, to just go ahead and remove him in the middle of the season. So that's coach number one down for 2021. Then we bring in Rob Valentino, who was, he was an assistant coach, and he is the interim uh, coach for a few games and he comes in and essentially just tells the players look just go out there and have fun like he, he just kind of took the took the gloves off and said go get out there play the style of soccer that we brought you up here for have fun and it was like an immediate change the entire mindset of the club was different the players got out there they looked like they were having fun I think we lost the first two but it, they were much better games in the way I think we we drew two and then won a couple of more. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but he was at, Valentino was how the club ended up in playoff contention, honestly. Like Valentino oh, absolutely. was way better than he would he did way better than anybody had any right to think that he would have done. Yeah, you know, and one of his big things that he harped on was the connection with the team. And, you know, as a coach, you can go out there with the best ideas and, mm-hmm. the, you know, the best tactics and strategy and formations and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. if you don't have the backing of the team, you're not going to do anything. If it's, it's, it's all about morale. If the team doesn't want to go out there and play, especially if they don't want to go out there and play that style, they're not going to do it. So... He was very big on that connection, and they went out, and they they just started playing much better soccer. So that was coach number two. At the In, in the middle of the season, uh, the front office announced they were bringing on uh, Gonzalo Pineda, who is a – or was an assistant coach at Seattle. He also played at Seattle, did very well in his career as a player, and – by all accounts was pretty vital and a lot of the Seattle Sounders success over the past few years. Um, so, and again, I know I'm, I'm recapping a lot, but Pineda comes in and they also bring on this player named Luis Araujo who came over from Lille in France and they had literally just won uh, a cup like days before he came over. So new coach, new dynamic player and again one of Pineda's things was like carrying on the the ideas that Valentino had had put in place which was you know connect with the players play fun soccer keep morale high and and things will fall into place so Pineda moved on from there as the third coach and actually led the team to what would have been the highest well they would have Ended up second for the supporter shield on under his game. 
Yeah, under Pineda and uh, and uh, Valentino, the team it's like night. It was night and day. Oh, hundred percent night and day. It was, and that to me was the scathing indictment of Heinze as a coach. Was watching, you know, Valentino, who was a very humble coach, and I don't know if it was humble bragging or actual humility, like you know, but he would repeatedly say i think he actually said guys i'm not this good i think that was actually a a thing he actually said right yeah he he was essentially coming out saying like you know the players are making me look good when in reality he he let the players do what they wanted to do which was like fun attacking you know we we draw a lot of talent from south america and south american soccer is very different um than european soccer for sure yeah absolutely um, and I've got to say, you know, um, if your exposure to, to soccer or to, I guess, your football or soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, uh, is more the European variety, uh, the South American variety is much for a casual fan. It's much more, uh, fun, much more yeah. fun. Yeah. And, you know. I think that line's kind of been blurred more over recent years. You have coaches, South American coaches, and, you know, you've even got as much as people like to make fun of it now. You've got some North American coaches going over to Europe, um, European guys coming over here. We actually tried to bring uh, a couple of big names over. Um, Atlanta United did. And, you know, it's becoming more of a blurred line now than it used to be. But you've got guys like uh, Marcelo Bielsa, who, you know, by all accounts is is a absolutely amazing coach and was kind of like inspiration, maybe is not the best word, but our first coach, Tata Martino, learned a lot from Bielsa. That's where his, his style came from. And, mm. you know, mm-hmm. we, we won the MLS Cup in our second year in existence. So, you know, and, and he's coaching in. Europe right now, or and actually in the Premier League in England. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, so that's, and the other thing to me, I mean, I was thinking, um, not just today, but overall, I've been thinking, I, you know, I'm, I'm a native. Um, I guess you're a native, or what? I can hear it in your voice. You're at least a, a oh, native yeah. southern. <laughs> yeah, um, I've lived near Atlanta my whole life. Okay, okay. So, you know, Atlanta United really has, as far as the pro teams go, I don't think there's a team that has grafted itself to this town the way United has. No, uh, you could you could argue the Braves, but I think the Braves, you know, that's a different time. Um, we could sit here and talk about the Braves. You know, they were they were America's baseball team in large part due to their broadcasting. You know, and especially in the nineties, mm-hmm. and and I, the Braves I, played well. <laughs> yeah, I here's what I was telling a buddy of mine who no longer lives in town. Um, you know, I, I've been a Braves fan all my life, but I've never seen a mural that somebody painted on a wall outside of Braves property nope. for the Braves. Okay, I'm just a ton of flags flying everywhere. <laughs> I'm, and I'm just saying, like you don't, you don't go in into Atlanta and vicinity and just randomly see a random wall with a Braves, you know, mural painted on it like you do with United. I mean, that's no. just how it and, goes. And I mean, you think about all the the community stuff that Atlanta United does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this week, you know, leading up to the to opening day, they're they're doing a lot of community stuff. They're out there in. The city and the surrounding areas. I mean, if you talk about Atlanta, you got to think, you know, 30 different counties, really. But, uh, you know, we've got fans everywhere. That's There's a reason that Mercedes-Benz, you know, is, is consistently, I don't want to say full, but there's a lot of people that show up. That was in the day. I'm, I'm bet- they don't do that every game, but if they wanted to, I bet they could get 72,000 a day. Yeah, I've always argued that they should have that that upper deck open yeah. more often, you know, of course 
COVID, barring that. Um, but when you think about 2018, even 2019, all the way up to the end of that season, I mean, that place was packed every game. And even last year, you know, it wasn't skimpy. Again, we were number 10 in the entire world, which is a big deal when you think about how big, you know, soccer is in Europe or even South America. Think about the Bernabeu. You think about um, I mean, some of those stadiums in Europe are huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, or South America or wherever, man. I mean, Jesus. All right. Um, let's, okay. The reset, I'm going to butcher his name and I'm sorry, but Luis <laughs> Arruju, um That's That's pretty good. At least from the, everything I've been told. Yeah, that's, that's how I was told to pronounce it. Um, is the one of the latest additions, and that uh, what's the other kid's name? Um, Tiago Almada, I think is probably uh, one you Tiago Almada. Okay. Yep. Okay. Almeida Almada. All right. Um, well, I've seen Arujo play, and, and the ball coming off his foot has quite a has quite a bite to it. Yeah, he's got a left foot. That's uh, it kind of insane. Um, yeah. And tricky, you know, uh, he's he, he's a fun player. He's like a human highlight reel. You know, he is he's just fun to watch. I mean, it's funny when you go to the stadium and you're sitting in the stands and he gets the ball and he starts doing his, you know, shenanigans. <laughs> you, you'll hear the crowd every time he, you know, trick sticks around somebody, you hear him go, whoop, you know, and it's just fun to watch. Um, now, granted, he he does turn the ball over, but I would argue he doesn't turn it over anywhere near as much as um, some players of the similar caliber. PT. Uh, PT <laughs> was a ball-turning over machine. Um, you know. Yeah, PT Martinez was uh, – I had high hopes for him, too. And, again, he he's – I mean, he's a great player. There's a reason we brought him here in – in 2019, he was the the reigning South American Player of the Year, right? So, by all accounts, you know he should have come up here yeah. and killed it. But I'm of the mindset that he was more of a victim of the particular style of soccer that we were trying to play at the time, which was under Frank De Boer, and they just did not see eye to eye. Their 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 styles were just two different things. I wonder too if, to use another sports analogy, you know how some players they're not supposed to be the first banana. Like they're good, maybe even great, but they're not that first banana. Yeah, they're not first guy. They're not the number one guy. Yeah, I think you got to think too about you know. You see all these highlights of of guys like Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe and all these like big players, huge famous players, like you know the Michael Jordans of of the soccer world, and you know they're all team sports. But soccer, you can have a ton of great players on a team, but if y'all don't connect, if there's not chemistry there, you're you're fighting a losing battle. Mm. There is a reason they call it the beautiful game. It has yes. to connect on the field. I mean, it has to, that ball has to connect to different, to a, like 10 different people. Yeah. yeah and, and when you see yeah. it happen, it, it is a beautiful thing. When you see a, a really well worked team goal from, from back to front, it's a really, really fun thing to see. Yeah. 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 I feel like, um, all right, there's a couple of takes I want, I want to get your, uh, couple of things I want to get your opinion on Okay. while you're on the line. Um, all right. All right. Um, was Pete okay? So we have the designated player rule means we have three players on a team over the salary cap. And I think technically, like, Atlanta United has more than three that could qualify as a DP, but they've paid down some salaries to get them under the cap. So let's get a ranking in your head of all the, so you have Almiron, you have Carmona, I think, 
you have Martinez, you have Pity or Petey, mm-hmm. you have uh, let's see, Barco. Mm-hmm. Um, so of that list, who's the top? I guess the top three. So Barco, Aruju. In terms of them. like playstyle, like yeah, or, like in terms of like entertainment quality or like playing style or whatever, it could just well, be like. Joseph, you know, Joseph's got to be number one. Um, yeah, you know, he he's just fun to watch, you know, and it, it's one of those when he gets the ball, the entire stadium, or even you watching at home, it's just you know something's about to happen when he makes those runs directly at goal, and, and you know he he receives a good through ball, or he's able to work some kind of crazy magic, you know, it's just a fun thing to see. The guy's super talented, and he's humble. He's ridiculously humble, and he loves the city. God, he loves the city. You know, he he come every time he he has a chance to talk to the media. He talks about how he just wants to live here and die here. Like this is his home now. Well, and, many times on the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's amazing that he has the success now. He went over to to Europe before. This, that's you know where we brought him from, but he's just become an icon here. You know the entertainment value alone of Joseph Martinez is just awesome. His you know goal celebrations or or lack thereof, if that's what you want to call it, when he you know kneels down in front of the the, the crowd or he you know yeah, takes a smoke. A and, <laughs> yeah. You know the defiant stare at the goal. Yep. Yeah, yep. scowl. Yeah, and it, I think it's worth saying that he forced Heinze. He literally forced Heinze out by by saying, "There's an argument to be made." Yeah, I'm gonna retire. Like I'm gonna quit. <laughs> yeah, because who you know, as the front office, who are you gonna lose? You know, Heinze. I'm not saying Heinze is a bad coach. He proved himself before he came here, but he just didn't fit, and he made some decisions that were questionable that uh, just didn't work out for. North American soccer. And that's okay. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach or even a bad guy. He just uh, just made some not so great decisions. Yeah. And right. He could have been a he could be a great coach, but he wasn't a great coach with those with that roster. There's no way. No. Um okay. So, so I, my number two, I just cause I have to throw it out there because I gotta give him some love, would be Almiron. Mm-hmm. All day, mm-hmm. and I think if you ask anybody that's watched him play here, that watched him here for the first two years, yeah. they would probably say the same thing. Joseph and and Miggy, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they had the celebration. You know, it, it it was. Yeah, I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. That was like the coolest thing ever to see them do that for the first time. You know, and they basically recreated it. Like he, one of them recreate, one of them did it in, in Newcastle, and the other one did mm-hmm. it in Atlanta. It's pretty yeah, amazing. Man, almost made me cry. I, I remember watching pretty the uh, I think it was the Champions League match when he scored his goal. I actually think they were in Costa Rica at the time, and he did his uh, Joseph did his first you know half of the fusion celebration without Miggy, and I was like, oh man, my heart hurts right now. <laughs> it's like it's like Batman without Robin, man. I yeah, you. I tell you, I tell you, Sheesh. man. So, um, I guess, like, so I, I would go the same. I would say, like, it has to be Joseph. Joseph has to be number one, and number two has to be, has to be Almiron. Um, I mean, I know it's early returns, but I think Almeida, or I think Aruju mm. is three, even though it's early. But, um, I debate with myself whether or not Barco, in terms of a goal scorer, actually worked out. Yeah, you know that was self. That's another divisive one, I think, amongst the fan base. And you know, Barco again, great player. Uh, he had some growing up to do for sure when he first got here. Mm. You know, but biggest transfer at the time, coming up to MLS. Um. Young, obviously, and 
there were times when he had to shoulder a lot of weight being a a young guy when we had, you know, call-ups. And then, of course, when Joseph injured himself um, with his ACL. But Barco's quality didn't, to me, show until the, the last half of this past season. He, you know, he, he came back from the Olympics and was – he was just a whole different player, you know. But in 2021, he had made changes. Uh, I know he had, like, a personal chef. He was, like, super strict on his diet. There was all kinds of things he was doing differently. You could tell he was just taking it absolutely serious because he had a goal to go to to Europe, and he probably still will at some point go to Europe. It didn't work out for now, him now. We should probably say he's in River Plate. He's at River Plate in, in uh, Argentina. Yeah, he's back, back down in Argentina mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on a loan. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 on loan from us down there. Um and, yeah. and I would imagine he's, as long as he plays fairly well down there, I could, I, I absolutely see him going to Europe in some way or another. Yeah, I mean, Europe's a whole big continent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could go to Italy. He could go to yeah, uh, England, possibly. I think, I think um, Spain or, or Germany would be two options for him, like two, you know, genuine options. Yeah. I mean, like I said, He's got to improve on the scoring. I mean, honestly. And that's my one, I guess, legit, um, I don't know, gripe. I don't want to say complaint, but but gripe. Um, I so, think he, his biggest issue, if you want to call it an issue, I mean, obviously he's a small guy. That's not the issue. Let me me rephrase that. That's not the issue. Um, But because he's a small guy, he was, and and MLS is a physical league. He got pushed around a lot. I mean, he was, him and Marcelino Moreno were the two most fouled players, I think, in MLS last year. And if it wasn't the top, they were in the top, I know. Um, And both of them are very, you know, they love to dribble. They love to, you know, one-on-one. They love to move the ball up the field. And a lot of that, unfortunately, you know, you see a lot of turnovers doing that. But I think that was his biggest connection issue with the rest of the team was just, you know, keeping that ball just a little bit too long. He's great at what he did, but he had to take a step back at some point and and, and start making some passes. And he did that better in the la- you know the latter half of the season. And I think that um, that and his free kicks that he started pulling out of nowhere, you know, is where his, where his goals and assists started coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I just, to me, there's nothing like, um, of course, you know, who knows how Joseph is going to be post injury, but there's nothing like that pre injury Joseph where he would literally run down the field and with the ball at his feet and just make people miss and, it's just, you know, there was nothing like... I remember that one of his early goals where Almiron basically tapped him the ball and he... And Martinez ran just... I forget, like, halfway down the field practically. All by himself. Yeah, there's there's a lot of his goals that stand out to me. I remember... Uh, yeah. I forget who we were playing. I think it was maybe Toronto? Anyway... We are playing him at the bins, and we were already up. And, uh, you know, Joseph, he's a striker, so he he's going to be, you know, at midfield or, or higher most of the time. And he was just standing there. It was so funny because it was like he was just minding his own business while uh, our defense was trying to deal with some things that was, you know, it was late game. And... Mm-hmm. One of the, one of their defenders just tried to make a back pass. I'm sorry, one of their attackers just tried to make a back pass to you know, and um, the the it took a weird deflection off player's head and ended up literally at Joseph's feet, and he was like 30 yards off sides at the time, but because it came off a defender, it didn't matter, and you know he drove back down and and just scored almost a gimme, but it was just you know he he. He's one of those that if you give him that chance, he's not going to miss it. He just doesn't. 
No. No, he, he's the parallel. I mean, the only parallel in Atlanta sports that I can think of, probably because it has a goal to it, is Kovalchuk in hockey when Kovalchuk was here with the Thrashers. You know, and I yeah. think he, I think Martinez is better. I mean, I know it's different sports and it's apples and oranges or heck, apples and, I don't know, microchips. <laughs> but, but you know, um, in terms of like, that's the only, that and Shipper Jones are the only players that I ever saw where the building would stop. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The building would literally stop and just like, we must attend to this to this matter. <laughs> yep. we, no. I gotta I gotta assimilate to what's going on right here. <laughs> but um, so I want to get your your opinion or your take on how the season's going to start on Sunday, right? For mm-hmm. uh, for United. So so we have not played thirty four games yet. There are thirty four games yet to be played. Yep. Uh, so, how do you, where do you think they're going to end up? Uh, playoffs, not playoffs? Uh, uh, I think they have to end up in the playoffs. Uh, you know, with the, the talent that we have on paper, we are an amazing team. Mm. How that chemistry gets developed now that Gonzalo Pineda has had an entire offseason to, you know, work with things and really implement the type of game that he wants. You know, we, we've changed our formation from last year. Um, to a back four as opposed to a back three. And if I recall correctly, pretty much every time we played with a back four last year, when we had to switch for whatever reason, it all of a sudden we started scoring goals, you know? And uh, I think if I've got to give a uh, prediction, I'm always going to want to say, oh yeah, we win the MLS Cup. I actually think we genuinely have a shot at the supporter shield. And I, I say, I'm going to be very optimistic and say second in the East. I think, here's what I legit believe as an interested partisan, let me just say. Uh, as an interested party, let me just say. Um, I, I really believe that this is the first season where all three of the designated players are going to be legit goal scorers. Um, at the same time. Right. Yeah, I think you see a lot more balance in the, the goals. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's not going to be so much of Joseph carrying the, the weight, if you will. It's I not think you see Arojo. show. Yeah, you know. Um, and you got to think about, too, the... It's not just those three. And, of course, we haven't seen Almada much. Obviously, we had one preseason game where we saw him. It's a preseason game, so I'm not going to, you know, harp on that, obviously. But he's proven himself in South America. He has been referred to as a generational talent by folks. So, by all accounts, he should come up here and do outstanding if he can have that chemistry. But you've also got to think we have Marcelino Moreno, uh, who I... Often referred to on Dirty South Soccer as Mando. Um, he is he's the guy that carried our team really at the end of 2020 when we brought him in, and then the first part of 2021, he was you know he was making stuff happen out of nothing. Um, playing as an attacking midfielder, he he has a lot of you know he he does a lot of the solo work similar to. You know, Barco, and and you'll see complaints about that, but Moreno's a workhorse, and I, I think he scored nine goals last year, which is not a shabby number at all. I think it was like nine goals and five assists. So uh, he's he's kind of the ninja. You know, I call him Mando for a bunch of reasons, but, I mean, he's quiet. He doesn't talk much. He, he doesn't do the media, really. But he just goes out there and works and he, and he, you know, just like any player, you could have a gripe about him for sure. But he, I think he does very well. And with him playing in midfield and then you've got the other three up top, you know, moving things around, 
I, I think as a defender, it's going to be hard to know what to do, you know. Mm. Talk about um, – so let's switch gears here for a second. Mm. Uh, the, the way we had, uh, I guess, air quotes met each other online was you were talking about being a starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about where you are in that process. So I'm I'm still in the uh, <laughs> the uh, we'll say the initial phases. I'm just looking into it. Uh, you know, I could sit there and talk to myself about Atlanta United, really. But I want it to be something that, you know, people that are fans just enjoy listening to. Um, mm. You know, we have a 34-game season coming up, and, you know, I write for Dirty South, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go to games and watch games and just enjoy the team as a whole. And... I'm I'm at a, a point now where I can I have the time and the ability to do a podcast. And obviously, you know, its primary focus would be obviously Atlanta United because that's that's what I'm writing about and spends a, I spend a lot of time. But you know, I want it to be something that, that people can connect to, that people enjoy listening to just because they're fans of the show too. You know, or, or fans of the game too. So you know, what that means on a week-to-week basis, I don't know. I know it'll have to do with the news and updates and all that, you know, fun stuff. But I, I really want to try to highlight some more of the, you know, the community stuff, the stuff that the supporters groups are doing, um, things that, you know, are going on at the training ground as much as possible. Uh, and and then how it all fits in with MLS and, you know, we have the, the U.S. Open Cup. and you know, there, I mean, there's there's plenty to talk about. It's just a matter of figuring out, um, you know, how I want to lay it out, I guess you could say. Well, I'll tell you, as a podcaster, um, one, of the, one of the first barriers I had to get over for myself was, and it's a big barrier, is you're thinking, well, who wants to listen to little old me? Right. You know? That's a big barrier. But guess what? It's a big world out there, and if you put this thing on the internet, put this thing in the socials, and you know, use SEO, mm-hmm. you know, and just go out. So go out on podcasts and promote yourself. Go, I mean, go do do Twitter. If you're already on Twitter. Do Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Reddit. I, I dislike Reddit immensely, but it's useful for things like promotion. Yeah. Can can be, um, but I mean, just get out there and do it, man. This I talk on my podcast all the time about how this is a revolution. We're literally living in a content revolution, mm-hmm. and you know it's just incredible. Um, and I, you know, I gotta, I gotta say too, I, I gotta be humble. Because it, it it humbled me when uh, I've shortly after I started writing for Dirty South Soccer, one of my articles. Um, I don't even remember how it got pointed out to me, but it was mentioned on Reddit, and I was like, "Oh boy, you know, <laughs> is this a good thing or a bad thing?" And I went to go check it out, and you know, I had people that were referring to my article and things I wrote in the article and, you know, using terms that I had kind of used in the article about specific things. And it was just like, you know, it was really humbling to me because I, you know, I, I, I enjoy writing. I enjoy the team. I enjoy writing about other stuff. I mean, it, you know, I have a, like a travel blog with my family that we love. And, and really that's just a, we started that as a way to document our travels because we love to travel, but uh, you know, seeing, the stuff that I wrote, you know, being used by the community in a positive way was just really neat to see. And it was extremely humbling. And it kind of shows you how small the world really is. I tell you, on in the middle of March, so the middle of next month, 
will be my second year anniversary of being a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you just said is a thousand percent correct. Um, this planet is really small. We're just a tiny little rock in in space, man. I mean, my phone, I've got people all over the world texting me, calling me. It, it's just incredible. Yeah. This, you know, and what I would say is like, don't, what I would say to you is like, don't limit yourself to soccer. And I know people do that. But don't limit yourself to any one aspect. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it's just, think of it like, um, like a college class. Like, you're, you're going to, you're going to class, and today I'm going to learn about, like, I'm going to learn about this. And I'm going to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to look at it, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I spend a lot of my time you know, watching soccer, dealing with the soccer world, writing about soccer, this and that, you know, I have a, I have a full-time job and a family and thank God I have a family that supports, you know, me doing this and they enjoy it. You know, I have kids that play soccer and they, they just think it's cool, you know, that we get to go to Atlanta United games and, you know, play the game that they enjoy watching on TV. And, you know, it's great. And, being able to kind of, you know, put that out in the community and write about it and and then hear back from people, you know, all over the world is just really, really cool. It is, man. It is a thousand percent. Um, so let me, one, I guess, fun question. Okay. All right. Um, so the the green road kit, even though we haven't seen it in a game yet, yeah. Are are you a fan or not? I am a fan, actually. I I like it, um, especially now that I've seen it on the players or or just on people in general. Um, you know, because you always get the leaked images, right, of the new kit. It's always going to happen, and you're like, okay how can I just absolutely destroy this for not looking like the coolest kid ever, you know? And then you go on social media and people are like, well, this is the stupidest thing ever. But, you know, I, I didn't think the colors would necessarily be bad when they first came or it was first leaked that they were going to be the colors. Um, they even wrote an article on it at the time. And I was like, you know, I mean, it, it has potential, I think, as long as they do it right. You know, I mean, any I think any set of colors, for the most part, has the potential to look good. Um, and then you've got colors that may somewhat go well together, look like garbage. Like we had the, you know, the strawberry and concrete kits at one point for Atlanta United, and those were just rough looking. The gold. Oh, God, the gold and white kit. Can't see them. That to <laughs> me was my least favorite shirt. Because, like, exactly what you just said, you could watch the game and not, like, what what number is that? Yeah. Who is that person? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. and But, no, these, these new ones, I do wish, I mean, if, you know, I could pick out a couple of little minor things. I wish yeah. they had done darker colored trunks. But the overall contrast, I think, is good. You know, you can see the the numbers, you can see the names, you can see the the logos and all. So I think in that sense it works well. And I think once we see them in like a, a natural environment, out you know being mm. played in, I think they'll look really good. I gotta say, I love the green kit. I think it's it's my second favorite, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I love the tie-in. I, I love how they call it "City in the Forest" kit because mm-hmm. that's Atlanta's name, I and mean, that's one of Atlanta's nicknames is the "City in the Forest." Honestly, yeah, and you know they could have gone a yeah. million different ways with with you know tie-ins to Atlanta. Um, it's it's hard as far as an away kit. King Peach is hard to beat. 
I think that's that was a great tie-in. Obviously, you know, peaches. Obviously, the whole thing worked. Um, I don't know as many people that knew about Atlanta being having the nickname of City in the Forest. It the King Peach Kit looked really good up close, like in person. Mm -hmm. Not so much on television, but in person, it looked really good. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, again with the I just love the black and red though. Yeah, yeah. The original kit, like the original mm-hmm. home kit, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did that one about as perfect as they could have. All right. Tyler, um, do you want to talk about your process with Dirty South Soccer Blogging? No. Sure. Yeah, I mean, let's dive into it. <laughs> let's do a dive. So. I actually haven't been writing for them that long. I started uh, about the middle of the season last year, roughly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, again, it, it's a labor of love. Uh, one, I love writing. Two, I love Atlanta United. Um, and when I first started, it was kind of like a really cool way to just not focus on the job that I had at the time I was able to kind of you know use it was just like a way to kind of you know do something I enjoyed without it being tied to what I was doing so um what's that without it being tied to a paycheck yeah yeah and it it was one of those like like I said it was a labor of love I already followed everything about the team anyway i already followed the news all the time so it was just an opportunity to do something fun which i know some people are like writing really that's fun like i mean i i like it you know i enjoy it and always have always enjoyed writing um i was that guy that actually somewhat enjoyed english in school (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you know and then i i ended up uh a lot of the articles I wrote um, kind of jump around, but I would try to do like a recap at the end of the, the week of all the things that happened, you know, that particular week with just the team as a whole. So you have, you know, the first team, obviously, and, and the game or games that they played uh, for the week and kind of go on over those. And I would go into what the what the twos did, Atlanta United 2 in the USL championship. And I'll try to hit on any, you know, fun facts or fun news or, you know, like, for example, two, two good examples was uh, one, Pineda allowed supporters groups to come out to the training center and actually watch the training sessions last year for, for some of them, which was a really cool thing. That was not something that had really been done before. And, you know, the, the team made a big deal about it, which was awesome. And I was like, you know, that's that's newsworthy just in the sense of like if you're a fan of this club, it's cool to see, you know, and the other one (laughs) was at the it was it was the last game of the season against Cincinnati and uh, which that game should never have been as close as it was. It's a whole different topic, but, you know, we we clinched our, our playoff spot after that game and suddenly. Darren Eels, the president of Atlanta United, drops a freaking music video with Waka Flocka. And it was like, what, where did this come from? But it was it was so cool because, you know, Darren, he's he's just everything about him screams like he just likes to have fun. He enjoys what he does. He enjoys the team. And I think that's the vibe that he wants the team to have is, you know, having fun. And he, he, you know, and, and then, of course, Waka Flocka, um, if you don't know this or a lot of people, I don't know if they do or not, but he is a, actually a legitimate, like, huge fan of Atlanta United. And it was his first song he had dropped in, like, six years. And the entire music video was shot at the training ground in Marietta by Atlanta United's uh, media team, which is just really the cool. Team. So The crap media team of Atlanta United. <laughs> it was good. And it, you know, it was just 
so anyway, that's the, that's the kind of news, you know, that I was doing. I would also do like the post match quotes, and and I just try to highlight, you know, the yeah. the stuff going on. But to me, the post match quotes. Some people are like, I don't care about it, but uh, I think you get a lot of insight by what players and coaches have to say after a match, you know, because a lot of times you'll they'll essentially come out and say exactly what you're feeling. Like, oh, that was a bunch of BS, or if that was, you know it was great that we played that way. So, Well, I mean, I think you hit on something or you alluded to something mm-hmm. earlier, which was a second ago, which was the, the team. I mean, Pineda allowed the, the fans to come out and watch practice. Mm-hmm. Heinz a, um, one of the stranger things about Heinz, a, at least his style of coaching, was okay. You have arguably one of the best players in Major League Soccer, you know, and he was just not on the field for the season. Yeah. And there were these reports that I don't know if you saw, but I, I saw where he there would be arguments and and whatever else, and he was training alone. And I think Pineda did that to. A show that opened up the practice to the fans just to show everybody, hey, we're back to a more functional, um, we're all pulling in the same direction here. Yeah. And you, you could know? tell what, well, you know, as soon as that change was made, man, it was like, uh, it was like they flipped a light switch. As you soon as tell. the first was made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as Heinze was gone, yeah, it was like night and day, you know, it, and, Granted, they didn't come out and immediately start just winning, but they looked way better, like infinitely better. And, you know, that whole thing with Joseph, you know, it's unfortunate, but Heinze was, like I said before, he wasn't the guy to come out and get in front of the camera and explain things or talk about things. He actually like really, I didn't want to say shot away from it. He just didn't want to do it, you know? And then, of course, this whole thing comes out with Joseph, like not even training with the team and really not even being a part of some matches. And it's just like, man, what what are you doing? Like, I I get having your certain play style and, and, and whatnot. But if there's an issue. With like your yeah. top goal scorer. Uh, obviously, the club's bigger than any player, but you got to figure something out. <laughs> Well, the club's bigger than any player, but at the same time, there's no mural of Heinze on walls. Uh huh. They're not chanting, you know, build a statue to Heinze or anybody else for that matter. Exactly. I mean, literally that that year, they actually put out, they actually did the statue. They actually had. Like a little statue for this for the season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah. Held out of of Joseph Martinez. Yep. I mean, so come on. I mean, this wasn't just your normal player coach problem. This was a actual issue. Yeah, it was a huge issue, and yeah, you know, you look at Joseph and you compare him to like some of these other big goal scorers. Um, in, in other leagues, I think primarily Robert Lewandowski, he is, it's like he's scoring at will, you know, and I mean, he's a great soccer player. And him and Joseph actually at one point played together uh, for a little bit. And, you know, they would be crazy to get rid of Lewandowski. You're, you, you're going to make something work for a guy that is not only the face of your club, but also actually, you know, scoring goals for you and doing the job that you've brought him on to do. So, you know, the front office had a decision to make. I, 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 I think anybody would say that they made the right decision. It just sucks. They had to be put in that position and it sucks. that Heinz it didn't work out, but you know, is it fair to, you know, put more of that on, Joseph or or whatever, you know, pick any team, pick any player and say, 
you know, well, well, does he matter more than another player on the squad? Well, I mean, yeah, kind of. He actually does. Like, take away the whole designated player thing or any of that. You know, you got to have players that are going to score, but you also got to have players that the fans like, that people want to see, that, you know, it's more than just playing the game. It is a business. We don't always look at it like that, but that's a big deal, too. Yeah, there's there's nobody running into Atlanta United. Uh, there's nobody running into Mercedes Benz with like Heinze on the back of their shirt. No. <laughs> yeah. Although he did play for, I think it was Manchester. Mm. He was really good with them. All right. Um, do you have anything you want to shout out into the internet? Uh. I will absolutely, you know, absolutely let everybody know when, if, how this podcast manifests itself. Um, Twitter, um, that's where I'm at a lot, and my Twitter is ATL Pilgrim. Pilgrim is like the Mayflower, so P I L G R I M. Uh, and then I got to shout out my my folks at Dirty South. Um, you know, check out the site, check out the articles. We have fun. We enjoy what we do, you know, and we are also starting. Well, we've actually done one already technically for the uh, one of the preseason matches, but we are doing a post game kind of roundtable on Twitter spaces. And oh, it's going to cool. be, yeah, it's going to be after every match. Um, we're still kind of working out some some kinks with uh, how we're going to do this first one because most of us are gonna, actually going to be at the game. So I don't know if at least some of us are going to be broadcasting from inside the stadium or not. So anyway, we're going to work that out. But yeah, is every Twitter, game. What's that? Is that like house? I'm sorry. Is Twitter Spaces? Is that basically Clubhouse, but for through Twitter or what's what's Twitter Spaces? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a. a I mean, I, yeah, it's almost like a, a live, you know, audio podcast. You, you have people come in and listen to you, chat and talk, and you can let people in to, to say it's similar to like a, you know, like a radio show in a way. So cool. we'll be doing that. Um, there's five of us that are going to be, you know, in and at it throughout the year. But yeah, they're, they're going to start um, basically as soon as every match is over every every week. All right. Um, if if I'm throwing things out there, I got my travel blog. <laughs> I just want people to read it. Okay. Do you want to? Do you have time to talk about the travel blog? Yeah, um, absolutely. Or, I can. Let's can talk about. The yeah. So uh, you know, it's um. So uh, you know, I, I guess I kind of have a, a unique last name because of Pilgrim. So everything I do has to do with. You know, the Pilgrims and the Mayflowers and all that fun stuff. But the, the blog is actually called Mayflower and Mayhem. Uh, the <laughs> Mayflower part is the last name. The Mayhem part is mostly our children. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, let me check it out. Yeah. Uh, Mayflower. And Mayhem.com. Is it just and? Is it and or ampersand? And? No, just the, the, the word. Okay. And May. Okay, here we go. May flower and mayhem. Yeah. All right. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you know the the website, yeah. like I said, it's mayflowerandmayhem.com. Uh, got a YouTube look it up the same way and then the twitter is actually mayhem mayflower so um you know again it's one of those things that we just have fun with um you know my wife she is really getting into photography and you know we record videos and we make and we just have fun with it you know it, it's just enjoyable and then i write the blogs for it obviously um you know and we went on a big road trip that's kind of how this whole thing actually started uh in the summer of last year we kind of just drove from atlanta up through tennessee and illinois and missouri 
kind of worked our way out west and then came down back through Arkansas and back to back to Georgia and you know wrote a bunch of stuff about it. We we hit up breweries all the time. We love going to brewer, breweries. Um, you know, go places for the kids to enjoy and uh, just have fun with it. You know, is this uh, this is, looks like uh, WordPress powered? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep, it is cool. all done on WordPress.com. Oh, this is awesome. I tell you what, I'm going to subscribe to it. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because I know your your podcast is, is you deal with a lot of history and, and current events and, you know, things going mm-hmm. on. And to me, it, it's all about the culture. That's one of the things that we enjoy with the travel you know we love meeting new people we love seeing you know even even in the united states the different cultures that you'll meet just in the different regions that you can travel to i mean and the people that you meet you know it's so cool just out of nowhere like we were in branson missouri and and it's really funny actually randomly ran into uh the guy that used to do huddle houses advertising (laughs) And he was like the vice president of, of advertising for Huddle House. And, you know, it's not Atlanta. It's not Waffle House. But, hey, you know, it's it's cool. We got him here. But um, we also ran into the guy that uh, he was the guy that inspired Toe Mater in the Cars movies. And he lives and works in the town that uh, Radiator Springs in the cars movie was modeled after it's a town called Baxter Springs in Kansas. And we got to meet him. His name is Dean crazy legs, Martin, which, and you can read about it on the site, but he runs the, the visitor center in Baxter Springs, Kansas. And when Disney first started going through the idea of creating the movie cars, the I think he was a producer. He's one of the ones that like wrote one of the books about everything. Uh, was a friend of Dean growing up, and Dean had this really strange uh, talent, I guess you could say, where he could literally take both legs and turn them come like completely backwards. Like he could be standing there talking to you, and his feet would be facing the other way. And so when they when they modeled Tomater. After him, of course, they used Larry the Cable Guy's voice, but that was the reason that Tomater could only drive backwards because of Crazy Legs and his backwards face and feet. So, that's cool. Yeah, you know, and that's that's just the kind of stuff that we we you know that's why we have this blog. That's why we do it. It's just fun. You know, we we write about the little adventures that we go on. I mean, it's a family you know thing. It's just us having fun and. If you know we record something cool, we can make videos out of it, and we have cool experiences, or go to a cool brewery or a cool place, we can write about it. You know, so that, that is super cool. Um, I I love this time. I mean, there's don't get me wrong, let's not get it twisted. I mean, you got COVID, you got this thing popping off between U- Ukraine and Russia, and mm-hmm. who the heck knows where that's going to go. But as yeah. far as Content creation and all I love this. I, I just love meeting folks like you and, and add, it was like we're adding stuff to the internet. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's it's cool to get these kind of takes on things, I think. And it's important, you know, because this is it's another way of storytelling. You know, true stories or 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 not, depending on the podcast you listen to, but Well right. And, you know, the reason I call this a history podcast still today is because, like, next year, this is going to be history. Yeah. Tomorrow, this is going to be history. Yeah, well, what's happening right now is definitely going to be in the books for sure. <laughs> for real, Chief. Um, hey, let me, um, I, this was lovely, and uh, I'm sure we're going to want to talk offline. So let me, um. Let's just uh, unhook it right now. Um, okay. You could just send me an email with all the various things. I will happily put them in the description. Okay. I appreciate it. 
all the various uh, your media empire here. You, you got a, <laughs> it's a nice looking blog, folks. I appreciate it. It, it feels like so much sometimes, and then I'm trying to add a podcast to it. It's like, you know. Well, I mean, the best thing you got, you could just mount the podcast to your to your um, blog here. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will send you an email with all the stuff. Okay, folks. Um, let me. Um, let's let's let the let's uh draw this to a close right now. So, uh, like I always say, folks, uh, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Have a good one.